Hey, this is Jeff Turner from the Orlando Magic, and you're listening to Penny for Your Thoughts, the Orlando Magic UK podcast. Now over to Jarrett, Mikey, and Paul. Kapaya! <laughs> What's up, Magic fans? Welcome to Penny for Your Thoughts, Orlando Magic UK's weekly podcast. Uh, today is Friday, the 24th of February, and on today's episode, we're going to be looking back at NBA All-Star Weekend in Utah this last weekend, uh, some roster moves that the Magic made in the last few days, and we'll be recapping Orlando's first game back against the Detroit Pistons. So I'm joined, as usual, by... Uh, Paul, Gary, and Mikey. So I'm going to come through you guys. Obviously, Shrove Tuesday. I want to know what you had in your pancakes, okay? Gary. Oh, what a way to start. Um, so I went to the uh, God's Country, Sunland. Um, I went to a place called YOLO, and I ordered a pancake stack, and it was of um, toffee, was it salted caramel, um, a wafer, and some whipped cream and a bit of chocolate sauce on top as well in a massive box. It was huge. It was disgustingly like I felt like a walking E number when I finished. Yes, but I, but I did eat it. That is the way, Maggie. But I did eat, eat it all. I lay the smack down on it. Good yeah. man. Good man. Cheap and gains. Uh, fresh from having toast and a cream egg for, for his tea. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Mikey Clark, how are we, mate? Hey, I'm good. Um, I can't believe I didn't have pancakes on pancake day. I know. You forgot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, mate. Mate, Becky's <laughs> going to have to cook some up this weekend for you, mate. And I had my child's tea tonight. Do you know what? The bloke I work with, he was taking the mic at me the other week because I turned up to work and on my break, he's like, what are you drinking there? Ass orange squash. He's like, What are you, 10? I was like, No, drink orange, drink orange squash all the time. And uh, and then I'm tucking into my Rice crispy Square. So, yeah, just keeping my tradition of being a child. Oh, but, good man. Yeah, no pancakes, mate, unfortunately. No. And how are we in Mansfield, Paul? You good? Well, mate, very, very, very well. Yes, thank you very much. And as to Pancake Day, it was. Um, Bit of trooper beer mixed into the pancake mix, along with some bacon, uh, and then it was going to was going to be, as you notice the words here, um, a chocolate topping with um, oranges or strawberries or something like that. However, truth be told, me and the missus looked at one and went, "I can't be bothered to do that," so we went to McDonald's instead. <laughs> Sorry, the Big Mac. <laughs> We've got all the stuff in. It's going to be. We're having that tomorrow. Ah, uh, good stuff. Good what stuff. About you, G? Oh, I've just been in the teller, mate. Just, just the one, because obviously, you know, the diabetes and stuff. Just a bit of yeah. Nutella. So, uh, yeah. Oh, it's, watch it's your nice. figure, haven't you? I have, mate. I have. I'm in for you, G. Don't worry. Seriously, mate, you have to tr- you have to try the made the pancakes made with half beer and uh, yeah. then some bacon and maple syrup on it. Send me oh. the recipe later, mate. All right, is it sizzling? Is it sizzling always. bacon? Always, always sizzling, <laughs> mate. <laughs> Tasty as well. Streak, streaky, crispy. <laughs> Tasty. <laughs> 
Good stuff. Um, right, so let's get on with things. Magic news uh, since we last recorded. So as of today, the Magic are 25 and 35, sitting in 13th place in the Eastern Conference with 22 games remaining. Uh, the Magic are four games back of the Toronto Raptors and Washington Wizards, who are in ninth and 10th, respectively. Uh, a game and a half behind the Chicago Bulls, who are in 11th and only half a game back of the Indiana Pacers. Um, and we will get an opportunity to leapfrog them with a win uh, on Saturday night against the Pacers. Um, on Tuesday, the Magic converted Admiral Schofield's two-way contract to a standard deal through the 2023-24 season. I think that is a team option on the second uh, or next year's contract. So it gives us a bit of flexibility and continuity. Um, the Magic then waived guard RJ Hampton a few uh, hours later, bringing his stint in Orlando to an end. Uh, news broke uh, that he would be signing with the Detroit Pistons uh, some hours later, and we did see that he was uh, sat behind the Pistons bench last night. Um, it's a bit of a shame, really, didn't work out, work out with RJ, um, but kind of inevitable given we declined his team option. What do you think went wrong, Paul? Um, and is this a case of an asset lost? First of all, mate, just coming back to Admiral, just proves what dedication and hard work can achieve. That man so deserves that contract. I'm delighted for him. Really pleased to see mm. that he got that. Um, he, he gives it his all every game. As to RJ, um, for me... I suppose you could argue that there's been a bit of mishandling in respect of the Magic by letting him go. Um, I'll come to that in a moment, though. However, for me, RJ fits what a, what a developing rebuild team should do. Um, he, we picked up a player, a guy, to take a look at him. Does he work for us? If the answer's no, then move on from him and let him have an opportunity elsewhere. So we've got RJ as part of the... Um, Aaron Gordon trade Aaron Gordon let's be fair Aaron Gordon wasn't going to be staying with us so the return of Gary Harris a first round pick which we'll accept may not be a great pick even if it actually ultimately arrives with us and we got to take a look at uh, a young guy as well in RJ I think that was a decent return um, Aaron Gordon wasn't fitting with what we were doing at the time uh, he needed a new start so for me we didn't lose a trade in that we had different needs from it at that point. Um, RJ, when he came, he showed ability. He played with passion and commitment. He was always ready for, at the end of the bench when his number was called and he came out and gave it his all. Downside for RJ for me was he played at a million miles an hour um, and there were certainly issues around production. He was very much a score-first guard. Um, there wasn't the deal of setting others up. Um, we saw him, for me, again, I've read somebody saying that they that we didn't play him often enough. I think he got plenty of opportunities in the team, particularly in the first season under the coach, um, mostly coming about through injuries. Um, he has to go to summer league, and let's be fair, he didn't really advance his case with his play there. He he went to went to Lakeland. He asked to play in Lakeland. Fair play to the man. I'll give him a huge amount of credit for that because that showed a dedication of wanting to be ready 
keeping the minutes up and showing his team what he can do. Um, but the upshot is he eventually he came up, he kept coming up short for us. Um, was it 24 starts he's had? I think I've read. Um, mm. But his, 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 his production wasn't huge. He slid down the bench. We, he was only seeing minutes as injury cover, ultimately, or as um, in trash time at the end of a game. Um, he's had, he's, he's, uh, in moving RJ to Detroit, they're giving him this, I think they've done well as a, as a front office. They're giving him the same opportunity as he had with us, 20-odd games to show an ability. And he, if, he's, if he can have an impact as a backup guard there, which he's likely to get an opportunity with very early on. I hope the move works for him personally. Um, I think he's a great guy. I wish him well. But as to is he a, is he a asset loss, you can argue that he was there. It leaves a short on cover at the guard position with our three guards having had injury issues, we we all know that. But um, is he going to be ultimately? Is he the guy who is he one of those guys who's going to push the needle to to be in a winning, contending team? And for me, the answer is no. At which point, with where we are in the development, we I think we've done right by him, allowing him the opportunity to go elsewhere get a fresh start and see if that fit is better. Um, and for me, that's the flip side of the argument with um, people saying that the front office haven't managed him well. I think ultimately they've done right by him and given him the opportunity elsewhere and good luck to the man. Yeah, I definitely echo that. wishing him well. Um, obviously, he, you know, he was a first round pick, but mm-hmm. we've also signed the first round pick that got waived by the Pacers in Bittar's I can't even say his name. Bitarze, or whatever he's called. That's the one. Um, Lady Goga. So, you know, it swings and roundabouts, isn't it, really? And it probably fits our uh, team positionally a lot better, mm. uh, given the fact that, you know, Mobamba was moved on. So, um, think, no. Go on, Mikey. Hey, what is it? I, I, think the, I think what this highlights more than anything, I don't think it's necessarily a, a, a slight on RJ, I think we're past the point of having to worry about developing players like this. We already got a core that we're moving forwards with. Everybody else has got to fit and catch up with everybody else now. Otherwise, they're getting shipped out and they're going to get replaced by somebody that's going to help move the needle more. Um, And I think RJ's still at that point where he's, he's still got a lot of developing to do and he's obviously going to get more of an opportunity in Detroit than, than he is with us because... There's players that are ready to play, like Admiral, like Kevon Harris, who've both been on two-way contracts, that are ready to step in and make a difference now. And RJ, you not you weren't quite sure what you were going to get on a night-to-night basis. So, good luck to the kid at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so, as it stands now, the Magic have some um, open roster spots given uh, these transactions this week. Um, we've got one two-way contract with Kevon Harris occupying the other one. Uh, and an open roster spot um, also on the team for for you know just a normal signing. Um, Mikey, then what what would you like to see the Magic do with the open spots? Any players you'd like to give an opportunity or target? Um, I was actually a little disappointed. Kevon Harris didn't get given that full contract, but hopefully he'll still come back next year. But 
Um, I hadn't really looked at who's available, but one idea I just thought of before I before we we started recording was if he gets cut by Philadelphia, go and stick Matt McClung on the, on the uh, two way contract. Wouldn't be a bad addition. Mm-hmm. Um, I think somebody like that who who I don't know who who needs an opportunity because we haven't got any more roster spots available. I think it's it's going to be a flyer. For the rest of the season, um, I, I don't know. I don't know who's available, but Mac, Mac McClung would be one name I would be interested in bringing in. But uh, we'll see. They might even they might not even use it at this stage. No, that's true. Um, obviously, there might be somebody from Lakeland. That's another mm-hmm. option to to bring through the ranks, um, either with the two way or, or the full roster spot, and you know having that flexibility. Um, as the season winds down, just to see what we need um, might be a good thing to have. Have you guys got anybody in mind? Not really, if I'm honest. Mate, for me, I'm quite happy to see the roster set as it is until the end of the season. And let's see what happens in the summer. You know, I wrote that article this week on the on the website, looking forward about things. And you realise, as you start looking into it, how much the team is set up for this summer. The, that's where the focus is. Um, anything else this season is kind of a distraction, really, for me. Move on. Until, move it, when I say move on, I don't mean as in move the pod on board with it. I mean, as in, <laughs> it's, 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 it's time for us to move on to that next level um, and focus on what we have and where we are ready for the summer, for me. I'm not too worried about filling the spot at the moment. Oh, is, somebody be, is, uh, is a thought. Devin Kennedy. He's obviously mm-hmm. playing with the South Bay I'm, Lakers. Yeah. But, I'm, I'm not sure know. how that works, though. Because they, they'd have to trade for him back, wouldn't they? If they wanted him to play for Lakeland, but I think the Magic can potentially sign him to a you know end-the-season contract, I believe. I'm not Could sure be wrong how that works. I think it's only... I th- I, if it's no a two-way deal, I think he has to be with Lakeland. Which would mean I know, I might, but I might got, be wrong, but, I, but we, they'd have. But we have got a full contract available, also. Have we? Yeah. I thought we've got a fifteen-man roster. I thought Batadze no. finished that last roster slot. Let's go. No, because uh, we lost. No, through. we lost Terence Ross and we lost Mo Bamba, didn't we? And then we lost RJ Hampton. So we lost three, and then we added. Uh, with RJ's RJ getting Schofield. Cut, yeah. And um, yeah, here's a name. Just I'm not saying we should sign him at all because I think actually we should just stick with what we have and develop the youth. But in light of the All Star Weekend and where there's been stuff about we lack a veteran presence, depending on where his ego is for the role he play. What about Carmelo Anthony? Knew you were going to say that. It was either going to be him or Dwight Howard. <laughs> yeah, I was going. I was going with Carmelo when I looked at similarities with um, Paolo Mentor and what he could bring to the team in terms of Mentor and particularly Paolo and Franz. I was like, I looked at that photograph and I was like, mm, could that be just a little hint if he doesn't sign with someone like the Suns that's being talked about? Um, I heard they're going down the Derek Rose route. Is what the the latest talk was. Would Carmelo was just a, if he's got the vet if he's ready just to sit there and not really be active but be there almost as just an old head? 
would Carmelo Anthony be worth a shot? A bit like uh, Vince Carter did when he was in Atlanta in his last couple mm-hmm. of years. Yeah, yeah. just just be there. Just be there. Yeah. All right. Moving on, um, just touched upon NBA All Star Weekend there, Gary, with the uh, the photo that Paolo had um, with Carmelo mm-hmm. and, and LeBron, wasn't it? Was it Carmelo um, and LeBron? K- K- no, K- KD, 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 that was it. KD, that was it. Um, so yeah, NBA All Star Weekend took place over the weekend with Paolo Banquero representing the Magic on All Star Saturday night in the Skills Challenge. Uh, he represented the Rooks, who finished in second place behind Team Jazz whilst the Antetokounmpo's finished in last place. Uh, that did include Drew Holiday being an honorary Antetokounmpo uh, brother for the evening. Um, Franz and Paolo also participated in the Rising Stars Challenge with Paolo's team Pau, Gasol, defeating Franz, who was on team Duran. Um, team Pau went on to win the final against team Jason uh, by a score of 25-20. to 20. Um, for me, the skills challenge wasn't the best event. You got way too much going on. People, people weren't even sure what they were doing. Um, but Gary, what were your thoughts on how Paolo and Franz did? Um, I'll start off with just my thoughts on All Star Weekend. I just I don't like it. <laughs> I think the format overall isn't for me. Um, first of all, just jumping on the back of what you said there as well, G. The Antetta Combo team performance was just. Make the eyes bleed. Type watch. It was awful. Um, it was it was really bad. So that was that. It was nice to uh, watch Paolo in the skills challenge, um, and overall as well. Just hearing some of the commentary that was put around around Bancaro saying about him being comparable in size to LeBron. That was said during the skills challenge, and they also were singing the praises of him being young and being the guy who could carry Orlando as being a team to watch in the next two years. There was basically saying he's a difference maker. Um, and it was nice to see him and Ivy, who we obviously got to look at again last night, the way they just glided the floor naturally when you compared that against the Antetokounmpo team, um, showed you the talent those two have got as basketball players. It was just nice to see how they handle the ball and how graceful they are. Um, the game itself, um, I've got to say, Franz was pretty underwhelming. Um, I was quite worried about an Audi performance from Franz, where it was going to be like four zeros on the on the trot in the stats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always get worried when I see an Audi performance coming up. Um, so there wasn't much to see. Uh, Paolo, a lot more eye catching. Um, he got the nine and five in his first game, um, and I really thought he set the tone with the nice move he had straight away on Franz in the game, early in the game, where it was like magic on magic and he hit like the fadeaway. Um, it was nice as well to see Alvarado playing and if it wasn't going to be any of the magic guys getting the MVP, he's a guy who I'm quite happy to see take those honours given where he's came from and how he plays the game. He's he's fantastic. Um, so, if nothing else, it was nice to see, get a little hint at the future of Paolo with a trophy in his hand at the end. Hopefully, in three or four years' time, we can see that. Um, but yeah, I think for me, I've always got that bias with the way the current format is for the All-Star Weekend where I'm just kind of like, I'll watch the Magic guys. But overall, um, the skills challenge wasn't great. I wish Franz could have shown a little bit more. But to be honest, as long as we see that in the competitive games that matter, not bothered really. Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. Now, let's get into the, the main 
event itself. So I want to get all of your opinions on this. So, so the main game took place on Sunday night with Team Giannis winning 184 to 175 against Team LeBron. Um, with Boston Celtics star Jason Tatum scoring a, a record-breaking 55 points um, on his way to winning the MVP honours. Um, now, it's reported that this was the least-watched All-Star game in a very, very long time, um, getting even less viewers than the NFL's Pro Bowl game, which, you know, I know Mikey and I you know, follow the NFL, but I, I can never be bothered with the Pro Bowl, if I'm being perfectly honest with you. Um, and, and there was one photo in particular that I, I sent the guys um, in yeah. our little WhatsApp group with basically Jalen Brown being guarded by Jason Tatum and you can see the eight others on the floor literally standing around and, and just watching them go one-on-one and uh, so for me it's become a bit of a joke um, and I know it's part of the reason I know Paul's very very strongly opinionated uh, about this that why he doesn't watch it so so I want to ask you are there any suggestions that you have to make the event better? Right. Who wants First, to start? <laughs> that picture you sent us sums up the All-Star game for me and it's why I'm not interested in, in watching it. The, the stars don't want to play. They don't want to play defence. They don't want to... And I get this. Don't get me wrong. I understand that it's a fun event, that they don't want to get injured at, the season is far more important. However, look at the games, those two, three games that the All-Star, the Rising Stars played. They were, they were still playing defence, they were competitive. Nobody was going out to nail somebody, but the games were competitive. And there's got to be some effort played. It's like, you know, if Rudy Gobert gets picked, his game is defence, but nobody wants... I, and I, I appreciate this, that it's far more entertaining to see a dunk and uh, a, a three made from half court. But they're only being made because there's no defence play. Mm. And I, I want to see a game, actually. If we're going to have a game, I want to see a game played with a competitive spirit. And until you bring that back... I don't see as it being being an entertaining event to watch, and I don't know what is going to actually change to to make that happen. Um, I don't know. I honestly don't know what the suggestion, mm. what a suggestion would be, um, because the guys. Let's be fair. The stars are there. It's not a case that the stars don't take part, um, but they don't want to get injured. And I appreciate that, and it's a, they want you, they want to have a break and rela- um, recuperate the bodies. Um, and load management has become more and more important these days, whereas it wasn't such a factor. Well, it wasn't a factor when the All Star Game was a superb watchable event. Um, and I don't know how you're ever going to turn the clock back to that. Yeah, I mean. Growing up, I think my first All-Star game was 1998 and it was the game Jordan and Kobe were going back and forth at each other. A couple of years later, I think there was one in Washington and it was um, Stefan Marbury and somebody, I think it might have been Kobe again, going back and forth. You you had stars on the court, Matombo trying to close down uh, Bryant and it was literally back and forth, back and forth and it was absolutely brilliant knowing that they were the best players. Um, 
but from from reading um at what some of the sort of journalists have said about this last weekend is the players have been asked to do everything else all this media availability etc um so so they're absolutely knackered from you know what's supposed to be a break um having to fulfill all these you know endorsements and these meetings and these you know get togethers before then playing on the sunday um but I, I think what they should do is keep it east and west and literally make them be as competitive as possible in that the the east or the west team, whoever wins, that conference gets the home court for the NBA finals as opposed to going on best records. I disagree with that. But that's one way to make make it competitive. Over an exhibition game that nobody really cares about. I think that's a lot to put on the line for that. Um, I don't know. I've I had the chance to listen. I don't know if you listened to The Old Man and the Three with JJ Reddick this week. And he was basically saying he broke down all the things that the players have to do during an NBA All-Star weekend. And he was saying about even little things like most players warm up sort of 50, 45 to 50 minutes. They'll start their shoots around before the game. Well, they're doing it two hours before the All-Star game. And it's so hard. There's basically no chance for the players to get into any game rhythm going into the All-Star game. And then this year, you had the... They decided to do the draft, didn't they? Right before the game. Yeah. Then they cut it and had a... Had a, a pre-game concert with Post Malone that that none of the crowd looked like they even bothered they were even bothered about, and then they got into the game. Um, I agree, G. I think mm-hmm. I think they just need to simplify All Star Weekend mm-hmm. instead of trying to make it better and better. At the end of the day, it's an exhibition game. There's there's more interest goes into which players are going to be the All Stars than actually when you get to the game. Um, mm-hmm. We've had the Elam ending for the last couple of years, and and that and that worked to begin with. But at the end of the day, it's more of a celebration about the best players in the league. I agree. Go back to East and West. I don't think it needs to be any more complicated than that. Um, I mean, I've listened to like Zach Lowe and a few people debating about how they can make it more competitive and do they reward players by giving them I don't know a million dollars for being up for for being voted an all-star and playing in the all-star game. Well, the problem with that is you've then got, where's that money coming from? How do you generate that money? But I mean, let's be honest, right? The top 40, there's 40 players in the NBA this year. They're all earning North of 30 million. And then you've got players like Steph Curry's earning 48 million. Highest pay player in the league. Do you really think he's really going to care that much about an extra million dollars in his pocket, or the fact that it's going to earn a little mu- a little amount of money for a charity that that if they win the first quarter? I I just don't think there's anything that's going to change, and I don't think it will change because, like you said, G about like all those great memories of watching All Star games as we were growing up watching the. Like I remember watching T Mac dunk it off the backboard over mm. Dirk, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all those sorts of things. But I think because of social media, right, like those real rivalries between players has gone out the window. 
a lot of these players are all friends off the court and they hang out in the summer and they scrimmage together and they practice together and they're all they're all trying to help each other get better. MJ wasn't doing that. <laughs> MJ was out to kill people. He wanted to win, but then that was in his DNA and you didn't have social media where players could go back at one another or show each other love for for games that they've had and stuff like that. I, I just don't think you're ever going to be able to recoup that that mm. that all-star game we used to really remember and really enjoy. Um, so, for, yeah, I agree. Go back to the way it used to be. I also think the highlight of the, of the weekend was the three-point contest, Dame time, and watching Matt McClung win the dunk contest. And I think with the with the skills competition, it was just too complicated. It is more complicated than it needed to be. Um, at the end of the day, I think the players wanted a break, and we heard that from Wendell last night. It was nice just to have a week off that they could recuperate, ready to go for the last quarter of the season. So, yeah, stop overcomplicating it and uh, get it back to the way it used to be. Anything to add, Gar? Yeah, like for me, the All Star games just just fallen off the map, really. And I think when you were talking about the Marbury one, when it was kind of like the little Eastern Conference team that won with Marbury and Iverson in the backcourt, I think that and Vince Carter, I believe, was on the court at the same time for the East. Yeah. It was there was a um, a feeling about the East having a chip on their shoulder because the West was seen as the superior conference when you looked at what they could field with. You know, Kobe, um, Shaq, Tim Duncan, etc., was all in that conference. Um, so I think there was a chip on the shoulder and a rivalry then. But as Mikey was just saying there, social media, the twenty four seven hype train, etc., probably doesn't help for this. Um, I would definitely go back to the East versus West. I would definitely go back to the rookie versus sophomore game as well. I think that that should return. If you weren't going to do an East versus West, I would go USA versus the world. Mm. As, a, as a format because I think that could be quite interesting um, I, I obviously think the skills challenge should be a one player event I don't think it should be a team event I think it should just be five players or six players and you do it down from there and um, in terms of making it mean something I do think East versus West would mean more than I've been drafted by LeBron or Giannis like I don't care like that, that's the top and bottom of it. I don't care who LeBron or Giannis pick. And it says it all when Jokic was like so far down the list to be drafted in that. Yet he's arguably the MVP. Like that, that's, that shows that format up. And I think, um, you know, when you look at the East versus the West, there is a traditional rivalry there. You know, yeah. if you, straight away you could look at it and go, well, there's people who would say Jokic is the best centre in the game. There's people who could make the case for Joel Embiid. Well, they're both starting. That's your starting centres for the game. So straight away, you've got that. Um, prior to the trade, you're going to have LeBron and KD on different teams. You're going to have Yanis on one team and you're going to have what Luca on the other. It will be really balanced mm. as a game right now. It's not like where the East versus the West was a no contest. This would be actually quite balanced if they went back to that. The only other option would be when the plate, and I think for me, you've got to keep it in February because it goes in line roughly with the trade deadline. But the only other thing would be is at the season opener where you base it off the previous whole season performance and then you you ditch the rookie and sophomore game almost because it's okay. just going to be then who's drafted, you know. But for me, I think you just go East versus West and go simple and get back to some uh, normalcy, please. Yeah. And I'd add to that, get rid of the all-star jerseys, 
left the teams wear like they did in 1998. East wears white and then West wears colours or whatever and they represent their team, not this, you know, Team LeBron nonsense. Anyway. Unless, G, it was those six San Antonio jerseys that year when they were in the teal. 96. Like 96. Yeah. Ones, they were great. They were good. They were good. Right, so um, weekly recap time. Um, so since our previous episode, uh, when was it? Last week. Um, on Thursday, the Magic Funny. played the... The Detroit Pistons, the Detroit Pistons, and uh, won by a score of 108 to 106 um, on a walk-off tip by Wendell Carter Jr. I see a big smile on Mikey's face now. There we go. Um, and that was after a Paolo Banquero uh, missed layup after Detroit had tied it up with a three um, with some eight seconds to go. Um, wasn't a pretty game. Um, first game back, obviously after All Star break. The Magic had seven players in double figures with Franz Wagner leading the way with 21 points. Uh, Markel Fultz and Wendell each also had 14 and Wendell also chipped in with a season-high 14 rebounds. So, guys, um, what did you make of the performance? Was it ever in doubt? I'll let somebody else go first because I'm going to I'm about to shoot my mouth off at least saying he was it every doubt because we were 2 0 down against him, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you, you and this, we were playing a bunch of bums. <laughs> I, I don't rate the Pistons that much, to be honest with you. I really don't. Honestly. But, yeah. Go on, Paul. But I thought we were, in watching the the game, listening to the commentary, David and Jeff were all there saying about what an entertaining game. I was really bored with the first half. Didn't didn't engage me much at all. Second half, I thought was fantastic. Uh, and it really picked up that with once we went on that 15-point run to create a good lead, they came back and there was we then started seeing these lead changes and the ties. I think it was an excellent game at that point. Um Performance-wise from the Magic, some some real positives. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're going against the Pistons who were number one for free throws made and um, attempted. We didn't... I mean, the officials let the game play, I was pleased to see. They weren't just calling anything ticky-tacky. But the Magic did a good job of not overly allowing the uh, Pistons to get to the to the line. We did pretty well on the glass, considering that um, you know Detroit were absolutely crashing the glass against teams um, top ten in second chance points so far this season. Uh, so we did well. We did. We had some real positives in that game. Um, the thing I still want to see, I know I might be on my own on this one, but I do want to see the, the team stop getting so many technical fouls. In a close game, by not keeping control of your emotions, we are allowing teams the opportunity. Those two points could easily have been telling in the game. For two, I, th- I think the one on Franz was a bit soft. I mean, he didn't seem to swear. He just seemed to ask, how was that a foul? They were um, both soft, Paul. They were BS, but, mate, those technical yeah. fouls. I know normally, G's normally a rant about those, but 
I'm sorry, these weren't technical fouls. Neither player was in the referee's face shouting off. They were Jalen walked off in frustration and got a technical foul. And Franz was so basically asking to, the question: "Was why was that a foul?" And the referee just they've t- got to. They have. They have. I, to I learn. agree. They have it, to learn because we had two in a game where it was a two-point game. Yeah. And had it been that they decided that that was a uh, a goal end on the final one, it would have seen us go to overtime when it was a game that we we really easily could have won. Um, I I genuinely thought it was a good performance. I was really happy with them. <laughs> I was really pleased with it. Um, and I loved Wendell's reaction. If you've seen the video of him um, cheering the victory at the end, uh, his comment. Yeah, brilliant. Loved it. Well happy. But they're a better team. than Both teams are better teams, ultimately, than their position suggests, I think. Mm. I would say it was in Doughty, um, just because it's a young team. And as Paul said, it was very close to going to overtime. And then, as we know, anything can happen there where, you know, inexperience, who gets a hot hand, etc., could have came into play. Um, I really enjoyed watching Ivy um, play yeah, a game. Play. I think he, he looks legit. He looks legit. Um, I think he's probably, for me, the second best rookie in the league after Paolo, who is having a bit of a hard time at the minute I think teams are focusing on him massively um, there was some great performances in the game well, good, like Markel Fultz in the second half I know G will enjoy that Fultz had a tremendous second half Cole came up with some absolutely huge buckets um, and I thought Gary Harris in the first half in particular yeah. just seemed to make key buckets when we needed it you know when it looked as though there might be a run or we needed we needed to get something or a response Gary Harris seemed to be the one who was there um, and I just really, t- if, if nothing else as well, the, the little subplot for me was seeing Jim, James Wiseman playing for Detroit. And you had a comparison of him and Jalen Duran. And like Duran looks every bit like a young Dwight Howard, really. Whereas James Wiseman, at the minute, you're looking and going, well, this guy was number two pick in the draft. And he looks as always a guy who just looks his confidence seems to be completely shot. Um, which was a shame to see. And it's comparative to what I know Ball's been getting a bit of the microscope recently, but it's the same type of thing where there's been a lot of games missed and a lot of side issues going on. And then you look at James Wiseman and you go, well, that's how it could be as well for all the struggles that Ball might be having recently. Think about how it is for James Wiseman. I think one of the things that the game did show as well in Wendell's post-game interview, I think it showed a sign of growing maturity as well from Bancaro in that he told Wendell to follow him in just mm-hmm. in case he missed it. He's accepting that, you know what, I don't score all the while and I need, I, I can't do this on my own. I need team members. That shows a really good level of basketball intelligence. Um, mm-hmm. Being able to say, I might not get this, so follow me in. But working as a team, I, mm-hmm. I was that, I thought it was an interesting insight mm-hmm. of, on, uh, to the team's mindset of how they will work together. Mm-hmm. Full swing yeah. in as well. If, if Carter yeah. hadn't been there, Fultz yeah. was there as well. I was about to I say, faults with the stuff that if uh, Wendell wasn't there. And I think it was coach Jesse Mermis that said, um, on, I think Wendell said right at the end, yeah, he said, just follow it up. Um, and they were both in very good positions. So it's good to see that both could have finished that one right at the death. Mm. So, uh, yeah. 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 A couple other players to touch on. J.I. 
playing a few more mm. minutes. He's, he's gradually ramping up. He he had certainly an impact on both ends yeah. when he was on the floor. Um, it was good to see Franz start to have a bit of a bounce back. He's struggled over the last month and he, he had 21 last night. Made those two big free throws down the stretch as well. Um, yeah, it was. It definitely wasn't. It, it, it was definitely in doubt at, at times. I mean, when they went on that big run, you sat there thinking, I "Can sit back and enjoy this game now." And then you remember, no, this is the magic. This never happens. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, it was. It was a bit tense down the stretch. But look, it, it doesn't matter how they win games now down the stretch. It's about getting those Ws. Um, yeah, we've got twenty-two to go. I think we're going to need probably. 13 or 14 to get into that playing tournament. So this one was a must-win game. And uh, the, ne- the next game on Saturday night is also a, a must-win as well. One other thing, I was also very pleased to see the team pull out a W in this game um, because of the nature of it, how close to being and they found a way to get a win. Um, and... That's what the rest of the season is about. For me, it's all about learning as a team the rest of this season. If we get to the play-in tournament, brilliant. It's a nice distraction. But it's all about getting, learning how to win from positions of adversity, perhaps where you're not playing well, where you're making a few mistakes, um, or in a tight game, being able to find that possession that gets you the win. And some of the defence at the end was superb. Wendell's defence on um, was it Bogdanovich that they were trying to get the shot late on his defence Gary Harris uh, sorry it was Gary Harris's defence on him brilliant absolutely outstanding work yeah so uh, looking ahead so the week ahead uh, we're recording our next podcast on Thursday the 2nd of March <clears throat> between then and uh, now the Magic play the Indiana Pacers as we've mentioned uh, which is Saturday night or Sunday morning in the UK at midnight and uh, then we then travel to New Orleans to face the Pelicans on Monday night or Tuesday morning at 1am is that the reason why Cortez um, Gary's gone to New Orleans? Not that I don't know but if it's crossed my mind I wouldn't be surprised if he rocked up at the game I hope he yeah. does I saw he got there today. Anyway, anyway, yeah. moving on. Yeah, so, um, sorry, <laughs> And the last meeting before our next podcast involves a trip to Milwaukee to face the Bucks on Wednesday night or Thursday morning at 1am. Uh, we don't know if Giannis is going to play, so fingers crossed that he doesn't. Um, so predictions for the week, gentlemen. Uh, so the three games, let's go to Gary first. I've got it one and two, unfortunately. I think we'll beat the Pacers, but I think we might struggle against the Pelicans and the Bucks. Okay. Sorry. Short and sweet. Sorry. I just look at I'm looking at it and I just think Indiana's the must win. Um yeah. the Bucks game's a hard game anyway. And then the Pelicans as well, I think on the road it's it's a big ask. Um so I think the obvious point would be one and two, but if we're gonna get one of them, it would be great. But we cannot lose that Indiana game. Yeah, definitely. The six-pointer, if you're not American, you'll know what I mean there. <laughs> Mikey? I'm going two and one. We're going to... I think we're going to beat the Pacers and I think we might just beat the Bucks. 
we, we're going to have to win some of these games if we're going to make the play-in. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's the way I'm going to call it. The, if, if you haven't listened to, I don't know if it's today's episode or yesterday with Philip uh, Locked on Magic, he actually broke down the Magic's record against uh, winning teams. And I think it was 12 and 18. And there's only four other teams that are in the sort of playoff mix that have got a record like that against the really good teams. Um, the problem is we've also got a similar record against the bad teams as well, which is why we mm. are where we are. But mm. if it proves anything, we've had 12 wins against some really good teams this year, including three over Boston. Um, so we're capable of turning up and playing against these teams. And, and they, they, they shown us this on the broadcast during last night's game about how the magic's, uh, numbers are stacking up defensively over the last stretch yep. of games that if that continues we're going to have a chance to win every single night um it's just yeah they, they've got to win some of these games if they're going to make it so uh yeah i'm going to say we beat the pacers and beat the bucks cool paul i'm also going two and one but i just fancy us to take a result in in new orleans somehow don't ask me why because on paper it is as Gary has said, it's a really, really hard trip. Um, I don't know. There's just something that I fancy as sneaking a result there. You know, I, it could be a tight, a very tight game. And I just fancy sneaking a result. So yeah, two and one. Two and one. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go exactly the same as one of you because that's what I decided before you you said yours. I'm gonna say it was my key. Um, I think we'll struggle in New Orleans because um, Jonas Valanciunas always seems to just gobble us up. And obviously they've got Ingram back, uh, McCollum's playing well, um, Al- Alvarado, you know, a bit of a spark off the bench. I think they'll probably have a little bit too much for us, but I, I, I'm hoping for a surprise win in Milwaukee. Um, and then we have to deal with the Pacers tomorrow yeah. night. So... Um, that is absolutely key. If, if you know, if we've got any ambitions of getting in, we have to win that, and it's got to be seen as like a you know a, a game seven situation tomorrow night. So uh, yeah, so I'll go, I'll go two and one to try and be positive. And importantly, if we beat the Pacers, we leapfrog leapfrog the in the standings as well. And then we you do. Got your eyes on your Chicago. They're next. Yeah, and I, I can't remember who they're playing tonight, but I think they've got a tough game tonight. I'll tell you, they're right in front of me. Uh, it is... Oh, I'm just looking. So Atlanta are at home to Cleveland. Washington are home to the Knicks. Then we've got... The Bulls are at home to the Nets. Okay. That's your lot. There you go. Okay, so a couple to keep an eye on tonight. The Nets are still good defensively. They, they could still... They could do us a favour against Chicago. But Chicago then play Washington, I think, in a few nights' time as well. So, Pat Bev's debut tonight, isn't it? It will be, yeah. Just on on a a slightly different point on the playing, we keep talking about chasing down Indiana and we're chasing down Chicago and all this. Does anybody think that possibly the Hawks could slide out? No. No? Only four games in front of us, aren't they? They're going to bring the top of that slider coming in this court, aren't they? Yeah. Their their record is 29 and 30 and they're in the eighth place. Only they've played one game less than Toronto 
and they're only and Atlanta are one have played one more game than Washington and are one win better, twenty nine and thirty, as opposed to twenty eight and thirty. It'd be handy if they did drop down a place because I think I had them ninth at the start of the season. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, so Carl Mayhew did his little tweet to us the other day with the, with the update of our standings of how, we, how many we got wrong, and I'm I'm uh, holding the wooden spoon as it stands. Yeah, if the hooks <laughs> drop, that'll do me a favour. <laughs> <laughs> Long way to go yet, mate. It is. Right, there's always there's always somebody drops off towards the back end of the season. There's always somebody who's in in a good position that sort of goes on a slide. Indiana's on a slide, aren't they? Yeah. 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 Although they played well last night against the Boston Celtics, took it to overtime. It's just a shame it wasn't five overtimes. They'd be knackered for Saturday. There we go. There we go. Um, so thank you everybody as always for listening and watching uh, please hit the subscribe button to our YouTube channel Orlando Magic UK if you fancy some weekend shopping cl- click on the NBA Store EU or Fanatics links from our links I know they've dropped some um, Magic logo t-shirts with Bancaro written on the back um, so check them out don't forget to use our affiliate code magic uk10 for 10 percent off your entire order certain exclusions will apply uh, follow us on facebook instagram twitter all at orlando magic uk so from gary paul mikey and myself until next time go magic